Hey guys, welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 67. Hope we're all having a fantastic day when you receive this. Uh, receive this when you listen to this, excuse me. I usually say that for check-ins. I'm in autopilot here. Um, and a really good kind of um bit of feedback from the last couple of podcasts. Um, the last three that we've done, we've kind of changed um, the way we're doing podcasts the last couple of episodes, actually, and running through specific muscle groups and um, that are we're looking to try and improve upon. The first one was chest, second was back. The last one was was shoulders, but the overarching uh, theme with with messages this week around podcasts was, was definitely lower body and particularly glutes. So today's podcast episode for the fans and for all of you guys are going to be around glute development and the six specific exercises and patterns that we should be doing to help grow strong glutes. Before we get into those six, I want to make one really specific point. Ditch the booty bands. Okay, and I'm going to come come around to them in a second, more so towards, you know, activation work and potentiation work, but definitely not programmed as, as a working set. The mechanical loading that you can get through booty band is very, very, very little comparatively to these six exercises that we're going to touch on today, like the total amount of load and the mechanical tension and the tension being driven towards the glute musculature comparatively to like, you know, a barbell squat or whatever that it is, is tiny compared to, compared to the barbell squat, etc. Okay. So that would be my, my thought process. Now I enjoy doing, doing them and I sometimes program, you know, very rare, but sometimes program potentiation activation work for, for glute days. Okay. And that might be, you know, those booty band works or excuse me, walks where you do like that duck walk or crab walk. It's not a duck walk, a crab walk to the left, crab walk to the right in that kind of squatted position where you're pressing the knees out against the band or like a banded hip thrust from the floor. These are fantastic because what they do, just like all the potentiation exercise that we've touched on today, they build mind to muscle connection and they drive blood flow to the intended muscle group that we want to work so for that, I think they're great, really good idea. But I think that what's getting misinterpreted is we should be using these for, you know, our workouts, you know, ditch the squat, do a booty band, you know, um, walk, you know, ditch this exercise. And we're, I don't want to give away all the exercises that I'm going to touch on today. Give away this exercise to do a, a, a crab walk, do this exercise, to do a kickback instead, uh, or skip this exercise, excuse me. So that would be where I would advise placing these in, okay? And um, they're great for neural connection. They're great for mind-to-muscle connection. And they're great to get a pump there. I also, you know, enjoy programming kickbacks. I think they're a great exercise if they're done correctly. There's a lot to them in terms of the positioning of the torso and the, the lower back not, you know, really extending and not rounding too much. It's very, very important that you get your positioning right there. All of these would be really good ideas for, for activation and potentiation work going forward for all of you guys. Okay, so imagine we've come through our session, we've done our warm up, we've done our activation and potentiation, we have some really good feel, we've got a pump in our glutes and we're ready to go for these big six exercises. So in order, really, um, I, I like to run these six, okay, as again, my top priority. Number one is going to be the RDL, okay, I think this is an unbelievable exercise for Number one is going to be a lot of these exercises, the reasons why we would do them are going to be very, very similar, actually. So number one reason is going to be the loading capacity is so large. Now, in a booty band, you know, or whatever that it is, or a kickback, let's say, you know, there's some loading. We might be able to use, you know, 15, 10, 15, 20 kilos, maybe something like this. In an RDL, do you know, I have you know, guys and girls lifting, you know, 100, 120, 160, 180 kilo RDLs, you know. Um, it's very, very high loading capacity. And at the end of the day, 
the more tension you can create in that musculature, the more potential then it has to grow. So the loading capacity being really high is the number one priority for us or number one benefit, excuse me. Number two is going to be that the glutes will be worked in a lengthened range. All the literature and research, which I believe we've touched on a couple of times in these last couple of um, uh, podcasts, is, is moving towards training in the lengthened range because the hypertrophic benefits of doing that is much higher than working in the shortened range. There will be an additional hypertrophy benefit, muscle growth benefit to working in the lengthened stretched position. And to define what that is, you know, um, you know, a kickback where you contract the glute and it's the hardest in the shortened position that's a shortened position exercise where the glute is shortened and contracted an rdl where it's hardest in the lengthened position where the glute is fully lengthened okay the benefit to high loading capacity means that the the potential runway for progression is always going to be really high take for instance if we're doing like a that kickback okay if we're doing 20 kilos on the kickback and we do 10 reps for you to go, you know, from 20 to 25 kilos, that's a 25% increase. For you to go in RDL from, you know, 100 to 105 um, kilo increase, that's a 5% increase, you know? So relatively, it's much easier for you to be adding more load and adding more repetitions consistently on a week-to-week basis. And also, I think that the main benefit to an RDL as well is, is the absolute, um, you know, surface area that that it covers in terms of real estate on the, on the, uh, the posterior chain. Everything really from the trap through to the top, the the, high, the the top of the traps to the middle of the traps to the lower of the traps, even the lats, you know, the erectors, the lower back and the middle back itself, the glutes, the hamstrings, absolutely everything across that posterior chain is going to be engaged. There's a huge cross transfer into all other different musculatures, but obviously the one that we're talking about today is the glute, and we'll be working the glute in a lengthened range. And to be honest. All hinge patterns, whatever one that you, if that's a conventional deadlift, if that's an RDL, if that's a, a stiff leg, I just prefer the RDL because I think it's one of the best patterns in terms of mechanical um, advantage itself. Okay. Number two, it's one that all of you guys are probably not going to want to hear because I get so much feedback from clients every time I send out. So any new client that comes on board, we send out a questionnaire and I ask clients what lifts that they love and connect well with the most. That's going to make up the majority of the program. And what lifts do they hate? And most of the time, it's a Bulgarian split squat or a rear foot elevated split squat, okay? We're actually, when we look at this, doing a single leg variation is the only true way you can get the glute fully lengthened. Bilaterally, it's you can get it lengthened, but not fully lengthened. Unilaterally is the only way that we can actually do that. So a split squat in general is going to be the way forward for um, getting the glute, glute fully lengthened. And I think that the best one for me, due to the back foot being elevated, allows for even more length into those glutes is the rear foot elevated split squat. A rule of thumb, you know, I, I've, I've been doing a lot of console, console work um, with um, Coached by Bax. Um, he's, he works with Prescript, which is an amazing kind of, you know, prehab, rehab, anatomy, biomechanics um, company. And with him and his program design, he even wrote into my sheet when he he uh, he changed around my program a little bit. He, one of them, he kind of said like, you know, the big five rules is do this, 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 this. Number five was do a split squat variation every workout for the rest of your life or for eternity or something like this. So the reason for that is because it has a lot of cross transfer into, you know, hip stability and, and just overall injury prevention to knee, hip, ankle, posterior chain itself as well and, and the uh, the spine itself. 
So that's a huge win for it as well. But the main thing is going to be, you know, the, the huge ability of loading capacity as well here. You know, I know, you know, guys and girls who can pick up 60 kilo, 50, 50, 60 kilo dumbbells in each hand and do split squats, so 100 to 120 kilos, additional load to body weight in a rear foot elevated split squat. I would also say that you are stronger than you think. You are stronger than you think of this. You'd be very surprised that you might feel that that glute is blowing off the bone. It feels like it's burning. I'll guarantee you, if I gave you a dumbbell that was five to 10 kilos heavier, you'd be able to do it as well. And it's a strange concept. I don't know why this is the case for this, this exercise particularly, but I would say that 99% of clients who send me across the rear foot elevated split squat, I advise them to pick up a dumbbell that's either double in weight or 10 kilos heavier, and they'll send it over with doing the exact same reps as last week. So do try and test your actual capabilities and try and find a dumbbell that you can literally only do six reps with. And then build that up to 12 and then take a load progression from there. Like I said, the, the main benefit to this exercise, the, the most, the, the biggest benefit has to be that it is a unilateral variation. And then you train the, the, the glute in the longest muscle length possible, which is really, really beneficial for overall hypertrophy and, and glute growth. The last thing then is going to be the internal stimulus. When done correctly, this for me alongside another exercise today, but when when you do this correctly, your glutes should literally be on fire. <laughs> it should feel like it's about to blow off the bone. It's about to burst. It's so unbelievably painful in that one specific region. If you're feeling this in your quads, which a lot of clients come to me and, and say, the positioning of your mechanics is incorrect. I'd look up maybe just the difference between quad and a glute bias exercise on, on Google or YouTube. They usually have some good clips. Or honestly, take a video of it, send it across to me on Instagram and let me help you with it. It will take me five seconds. And the minute that I see it, I'm going to be able to pinpoint two different things. Actually, let, let's let's open that up. Anyone that needs help with their split squats, video it, send it across to me now on Instagram or take a video and send it across to me today. And let me help you because it's going to be two specific things. One is going to be too much knee flexion or two is going to be the weight distribution on, on the foot itself. Okay, so let me, let me help you with that. Exercise three, a barbell or a Smith squat. Okay, I would advise no heel elevation with this unless absolutely necessary, but probably no need because what happens when you create heel elevation, it creates more knee flexion and less hip flexion. So remember to, to work the glutes and anatomically, okay, we must be getting, imagine, imagine there's like a one line. If you're looking at a, a side view, okay. Imagine you, you took a photo of yourself from the side. There's one line of the angle coming up from the knee to the hip and the hip then to the shoulder, okay? Or hip to the, yeah, hip to the shoulder is the other part of the angle. What we want to do, if we hinge at the hips and we go into an RDL or go into a squat, the angle at which that we get the hip angle, so the two, two parts of the angle getting closer together, the more acute that we can get that, the more length we can get into the glute itself, okay? That's called hip flexion, so we're bending the angle at the hip. And when we have a heel elevation, it limits hip flexion, increases knee flexion. So what we actually want to do is probably do just do this flat foot, you know, in socks or in, in our bare feet or in a pair of Converse or Vans or something that has a flat, uh, flat heel and do it just with a barbell or else a Smith machine. For me, I always prefer Smith machine squatting, mainly because that we have more stability there, but there's absolutely no reason with a barbell squat here. And what we want to be doing is to try not not be focusing on driving knees forward. 
squat normally, but we almost want to be driving hips ever so slightly backwards and keeping the weight, all kind of three centers of mass, big toe, little toe, and then heel, but a little bit more driven towards the heel to bias more, more glute bias work. And again, the big three, one, the loading capacity is huge. You know, you could have 80, 90, 100, 150, 200 kilo barbell squat. I guarantee your glutes are going to be pretty damn big. Two, it works the glutes in a lengthened range, which is, of course, as discussed, a very beneficial to, to anatomy or to, uh, to muscle growth. And three, it is very, very progressive in nature. Again, the same thought process, the higher load capacity, the more progressible that it is. Okay, really easy one. It's all going to be very, very similar because once we know that three things grow glutes, one, the load that we're using, two is going to be that we're working in the, the length and range, and three, we can progress it over time. Those three things are the main three checklists for all exercises that we we do in here. Then it's, it's of course, going to be the same for all the other exercises as well. Okay, now... Actually, that being said, we also then have, the we're working, think of it like this, like a pie chart. If we only just work the length and range, we're still missing the shortened range itself. And we haven't talked about anything that hits the shortened range. So you're missing a big, big chunk of the pie. Yes, there are more benefits to hitting the length and range, but that doesn't mean that hitting the shortened range will build no muscle at all. And it's important that you have a dispersion of lengths in your program design for, for all across board, just like a pec deck and a dumbbell press, short and lengthened. Just like when you're tr trying to do your back work, you do the the um, the pull down variations, but you also do the isolateral row. Okay. So when it comes to the hip, or the, it just gave it away, excuse me. Number one, two, three, one, two, three, four is going to be the hip thrust. This could be a barbell hip thrust. They could be, this could be a Smith machine hip thrust. This could be a booty blaster or a booty builder machine, whatever that they call it. And um, they're actually great, by the way. I actually really, really rate them just from a setup perspective. I, I love using them comparably to, I, I use one in my program at the moment, the Arsenal Strength booty builder or hip thrust machine. Um, the benefit to this is, number one, it works the glutes in a lengthened range, okay? Excuse me, I got it wrong after saying lengthened too many times. Skip that, rewind back 10, or skip forward 10 seconds. It works the glutes in a shortened position, okay? Comparably to the lengthened position previously. There's still tension in the, the lengthened range, but there, if you do this correctly and you don't allow the hips to drop too far, but it is mainly a shortened position exercise, in my opinion. Number two, it has an incredibly high level. I've never heard anyone report back and saying they can't feel in their glutes. It is a really, really high mind-to-muscle internal stimulus connection, and very high. Like the minute that I do it, my glutes are on, and I, I have them switched on. The only thing that I have heard and seen with clients is that their back hurts, and then oh, the same thing applies. It, take a video of your hip thrust, send it across to me. What you're probably doing is lifting the head, and tilting the head backwards towards the back of the room, and you're allowing the spine to extend rather than keep in, in neutral and, and placing all the tension through the lower back. Okay, send a video and send it across to me as well, if you'd like. The third big win is going to be loading capacity. Again, I have you know, girls who, girls and guys who have run hip thrusts up to 200 kilos. Um, there's a high, high, high loading capacity here, which means that there's a high uh, ability to progress over time as well. A little coaching cue in this, I'll always program and advise sticking in the top position. So when you get your hips up to the ceiling, you squeeze your glutes, 
hold that position. Okay. You must stick that in my opinion, because there's very little parts of this movement that are incredibly high in terms of tension. And the top position is it'd be like, you know, you get there for a minute, you have a big goal that you want to hit and you get there and then you lose, you know, in a transformation, let's say I want to lose 10 kilos. And then the day after then you, you stuff your face and you're back in, but you're gaining body fat again. Once you hit the goal, the short position, I want you to stick there, solidify that moment. Okay. When you stick there. Exercise number five, yes, five, is going to be a a leg press, but specifically with a high foot leg press. I have a YouTube uh, video out about three different leg presses, um, foot positions for three different muscle groups being worked. If you struggle um, with this and you don't know how what I'm talking about when I say setup-wise, just go into that, that video. It's one of my most, I think it actually is my most recent video. So what we want to do is imagine the foot platform in front of you. We want to have the feet high up the top and we want to have them about hip width apart okay ever so slightly turned out feet gone are the days where you want them really 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 wide we actually know that the wider that they are the more adductor is going to come into play let's keep them you know narrowish you know at, at hip width with slightly turned out toes if that's comfortable for you the benefit to this is going to be number one the loading capacity is incredibly high the amount of plates you can put on the leg press Number two, it works the glutes, particularly or dependent on the leg press that you use, but 99% of 45-degree leg presses, uh, maybe not 90%, all work heaviest in the length and range, so when the knees are closest to your chest. So it has a huge bias towards the length and range, and with the high loading capacity, we then have the, prog- the high progression, uh, progressive um, um what's the word what's a very very progressive in nature so i was going to say high progression in nature very progressive in nature overall okay um so not much not much needed to be said on that really good exercise everyone can do it it's always in the gym as well and also the stability element as well that's another big win because things like you know the a barbell split squat you know a rear foot elevated split squat or a barbell or a dumbbell split squat it can cause a little bit of instability. You can also do the rear foot elevated on a Smith machine, by the way. But with the, the leg press, it does have a lot of stability with it. Number six, it's probably the least I like out of all of them, but it's also a really good exercise. And that's going to be a 45 degree hip extension. This is very, very similar to the hip thrust in terms of the fact that it will work aggressively in the glutes in a shortened position. I would never leapfrog the 45 over a hip thrust. I would prefer the hip thrust overall um, because I think the loading capacity of a hip thrust is much, much higher. Um, there's only so many dumbbells and plates that you can hold in your hand without form breaking down here. And that's a way to load this up, of course. Another big win is it actually does have a cross transfer into other musculature. Like it trains the hamstrings really well in a lengthened range, a really lengthened range with the with the knee extended, which is also nice for us to see. Um, and it also has incredibly high, just like the hip thrust, incredibly high mind to muscle connection in that short position as well. And it goes to show, you know, all of the activation potentiation work that we do is shortened position stuff. The two exercises that I've talked about particularly are the hip thrust and the 45 degree that have really high mind-to-muscle connection. And um, those are both shortened position exercises. Yes, I discussed in the rear foot elevated as well, but this one is more of the kind of the neural feeling of contraction in the muscle rather than just this kind of local uh, burning sensation of the glute. But um, uh, it feels like it's about to blow up um, uh, on, your, on your body when you're doing the rear foot elevated split squat. But the contraction side of things, I think, is much higher in the shortened position work, hence why we always do that for our um, for our potentiation work itself. 
So that is going to be my top six exercises that you need to fit into your program design when you're trying to build your glutes. Do you do these all in one day? No. To have them spread across the week in a specific way, you know, have your program design split up. If it's you know lower upper, lower upper, you have half of them in one, half of them in the other, and additional like leg extensions and quad work and hamstring work, etc. As well. Or if you want to have really high bias, some, sometimes I like to program three lower body days a week um, and have them spread out throughout the majority of that specific day. Okay, Train them hard, train them heavy, get rid of the booty bands and watch your glutes, glutes, watch your glutes grow. I also want to say, guys, that we are into now the, I believe, the final two days when this is going to go live to sign up to the Conditioned in 12 12-week Transformation Challenge. If you struggle to grow your glutes or any muscle tissue for that matter before, this is going to be an amazing opportunity for you to join at an incredibly affordable rate. Elite level coaching, one-to-one support, customized plans, access to the private member site, video libraries, handbooks, welcome packs, recipe books, absolutely everything you can possibly think of from a coaching perspective. And this is a really good opportunity for people who aren't, aren't willing to pay, you know, and aren't happy to pay 200, 250 euro on a month-to-month basis. This is a 148.50 a month. That's 37 euro a week to get this level of elite coaching. And also then, of course, with this, you can make your money back. You are all in with the chance to win 2,000 euro worth of prizes, including 500 euro worth of cash and six months of coaching completely for free. If this sounds like a bit of you and this sounds like exactly what you need to springboard into 2024 in the right way, hit the link in the description, sign up to the payment plan that suits you and the one that you want to do going forward. And the minute that you do that, you'll trigger your onboarding sequence and everything will look after itself. You'll send over your questionnaires, you'll get your plans immediately and we'll get off and running. If any questions about this, please let me know. But just a reminder, you've two days left to sign up and hopefully have you on board the challenge.